we, I tell you, uh, I sure am thankful that I, I took the phone call one day. I actually think it was Brother Canerium said, hey, I got a friend of mine coming through town. I said, uh, if you'd like to have him, he's a great evangelist. And I said, yeah, man, send him on. Let's, let's have him. And I sure am glad we took that call because we love the Smiths so much. And they just feel like they're, we feel like they're at home when they're here because they just always just preach right to the heart of our people. And we appreciate that so much. We love you dearly, Brother Doug. Come on and preach to us this morning. Let's give the Lord a hand as he comes. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God in a sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. And if you can't praise the Lord in this kind of environment, I don't know where you need to go. Amen. Didn't that choir do an excellent job leading us into worship, into the presence of the Lord? We just love all of you so very much. It's always a pleasure to be at RAC. We give you recognition, give your pastor and his family honor today. How many love your pastor? Anybody thankful? Amen. I love the Walden so very much. and so happy that you have come to worship the Lord with us on Pentecost Sunday. Happy that my wife is with me and son Shiloh. And this is my wife's first service since her surgery. So she is glad to be here. Uh, she leaned over to me uh, during the worship. She said, I'd run the aisles if I wouldn't pass out. <laughs> That's how you know you're in an atmosphere that is charged with the power and presence of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to open and we're going to read from the book of St. John, the 12th chapter. And we're going to read just one verse of Scripture. It's going to be verse number 32. St. John, chapter 12, verse number 32. We always appreciate the kindness and hospitality. We receive every time we come to Athens. We love you all so very much. St. John chapter 12, verse number 32, the words of Jesus. And he says this, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men. Somebody said all. He said, I will draw all men unto me. Said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us today on this subject the prolific promise of Pentecost. The prolific promise of Pentecost. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, 
in the name of Jesus. We are thankful for every individual that is here. God, we give you praise for every life that is in this sovereign sanctuary. But now we are praying that you would anoint your word, anoint this congregation to receive your word. God, we give you all praise today, give you all glory and all honor in the name that's above every other name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, we live in a world that is dark and getting darker by the moment. Perhaps there has never quite been a time like the one you and I are living in. Hatred and hostility can be seen even when you aren't looking. It's a dysfunctional world that you and I are a part of. Perhaps now more than ever, there is an utter disregard for integrity, for honesty and purity. Uh, Lies are told and promises are broken nearly every single day. Now with broken promises, families can be ripped apart. With broken promises, marriages can crumble and collapse. With broken promises, even the closest of friends can be forever separated. But when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to the one that we serve, He does not operate under that same kind of principle. When we began to talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it is totally opposite of what we find in the world. It was Numbers 23 and 19 and said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? When God sends us a promise, when he makes a declaration, when he makes a decree, you know without a doubt it will come to pass. You can count on it and know for sure it will be steadfast. But sometimes because of this society that we are a part of, we can lose sight of those promises that come to us from God. Not long ago, we were preaching at a particular church, and they had gone through some terrible rain, storms, and flooding. So I talked to the pastor after the service and asked him what kind of damage they had received from this weather. He said, well, thankfully, the church uh, didn't suffer any kind of major damage, but our house did get messed up with terrible flooding. Had about two feet of water in our house and trying to clean everything up. And as soon as everything settled down, I called the insurance company. I asked him if he had the kind of insurance that was needed for this kind of event. He said, absolutely. He said, not only did I think we had the right insurance, I went above and beyond and bought flood insurance. So he said, I called the company to make the claim and talked to the representative. And they were going through my file and said, well, we look at what you have bought and what you have purchased. And unfortunately, I don't think your coverage is going to cover this kind of event. He said, well, you need to look a little closer because I've got 
two different policies. I got the one homeowner's policy, but then I specifically bought a flood policy. And she said, I know that's what I'm looking at, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Your flood insurance does not cover floods. Hello, somebody. Your flood insurance does not cover floods. He said, okay, you're going to have to explain this to me. They said, well, if the problem started on the inside of the house and went out, then you would be covered. But if the water was on on the outside trying to come in, you're not covered. You know, we are in a world that is always looking for a loophole, always looking for a way to get out of responsibility, always looking for a way not to have to hold up their end of the bargain. But I'm so thankful to know when it comes to God, he has the most excellent ethics. When it comes to God, he has the most supreme standards. When it comes to God, he has a magnificent memory. Brother and sisters, I'm going to tell you when he said it, if he spoke it, you will know it shall come to pass. There was a man at the very beginning of the New Testament. The Bible calls him Simeon. He was a priest of the Lord that was doing the service of the tabernacle. And part of his service was that he would have to dedicate the children to God. But while he was fulfilling the duties of his office, he had a promise from the Lord. God began to speak to this man. And in this promise, he told him that you will not die until you have seen the Lord's Christ. You will not die until you see the Savior with your own eyes. And so I imagine I can envision Simeon in this moment of prayer, ecstatic, just uh, thriving of what he had just heard from the Lord. God just spoke it to me. God just let my heart understand and know that I'm not going to leave this world until I see the Messiah with my own eyes. Oh, I can just, oh, I can only wonder the excitement every day waking up wondering this might be the day. This might be the moment. This might be the child. This might be the service. But he would go into the tabernacle like all the other days before, and yet the Messiah never came. Day after day, it never happened. Week after week, It never happened. Month after month, it never happened. Year after year now, by this time, Simeon has become an old man. And in this moment, I could just see Simeon praying and thinking to himself, maybe it was just my own voice that I heard. Maybe God never did speak to me. Maybe it was just my own subconscious. Maybe it was my own thought process. Maybe it was my own imagination that God told me I wouldn't die. But now here I am old and I'm wondering if this really is going to happen. God's promises don't always happen immediately. But can I let somebody know you can take it to the bank. You can cash the check. You can put the reservation on. It's going to happen. And so he just kept on doing what was right. Kept on doing what he knew to do. And it's in those moments when your prayers don't get answered. 
It's in those moments that you can't see the promises coming to pass. It's in those moments that you got to keep doing right. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep giving. Keep going to church. It's in the moments when it seems like nothing has changed and nothing's ever going to transpire. It's in those moments you put your shoulder to the plow. Jesus said, don't look back. Just keep on doing what you know is right. Keep on doing what you know is needed. Keep on doing whatever is asked of you. So here Simeon was and in the second chapter of the gospel of St. Luke, we find him in the tabernacle like so many other times. We find him in the service of the Lord like he had been in countless times before. But on this particular day, there was a young couple that walked in by the name of Mary and Joseph. And they had a child in their arms. And when they gave this little boy to Simeon, Simeon held him in his arms. And I just have to wonder what kind of goosebumps went up and down his back. When he began to look into the eyes of Jesus, he said these words in the second chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke in the 30th verse. He said, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This is going to be a light that will lighten the Gentiles. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is this child is for all men, every culture, every color, every creed. This one, he's going to love those of every ethnic background. He's going to love those that are old and young alike. He's going to love and he's come to be a savior of the whole world. But it happened when that promise came to fruition. It's those promises that leave us hanging, but yet never seem to happen. It's those promises that God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, you will have a child. And Abraham waited, and he waited, and he waited. And now when he was nearly a 100 years old, God spoke to him and said, Abraham, you better get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. Get ready for the ride. There's a little child coming your way. He told his wife, Sarah, who was almost 90 years old, what kind of laugh you think she gave? <laughs> oh, 90 years old. I'm sorry, Abraham. I think God's a little late on the scene. I think he has come just a too, too little late for this show. But in Genesis 18 and 14, the Bible said, is there anything that is too hard for the Lord. I want to tell you, there's no prayer that's too difficult. There's no situation too complicated. There's no scenario too hard that God cannot step in with his hand of mercy and his hand of grace and his hand of kindness and his hand of blessing and his hand of anointing. Abraham, God promised you a child. Uh, brother, you will have a child. Uh, hey, uh, David, if God promised you to be king, uh, you may be running for your life right now, but there's going to come a day when they're going to crown you as king. Uh, hey, Elisha, I know you are asking for the double portion, uh, and now you're wondering if there's anybody else that even serves God, uh, but he made you a promise, uh, and you're going to see double of what your mentor saw. 
Hey, there's promises for Gideon. You will have the victory. There's promises for Solomon. You will have wisdom. There's promises that will come. It may be a long time coming, but God said a Savior will come. Isaiah in the seventh chapter in the fourteenth verse said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 and 6 said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace. Hey, it may have took thousands of years, but the day finally came when he was announced by the angels. It was a long time in the process, but there was a day that finally came. He was born in Bethlehem. He was seen by the shepherds. He was worshipped by the wise men. He was hated by Herod. He was rejected by the religious. He was slandered by the scribes. He was persecuted by the politicians. He was mocked by the mobs. He was misunderstood by the masses. He was forsaken by his friends. He was cuffed like a criminal. He was crucified on Calvary. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But that did not disillusion him. That did not distract him. That did not deter him. There was a promise to uphold. There was a promise that was to come to pass. There was a promise that was going to come to fruition. He left the hallelujahs of heaven. He left the perfect Paradise. He left the eternal ecstasy. He left the celestial choirs. One songwriter said by Saturn and the other planets he, had, he was not seen. And Mars had no men which he could redeem. But I'm glad that I could say to take my feet out of the miry clay. He came all the way down. Came down to a world of sin. Came down to a world of sorrow. Came down to a world of suffering. Oh, yes, he was rejected, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, he was lied on, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, he was spit in the face, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, he was cussed out, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, he was beaten with a cat of nine tails, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, he was nailed up to an old wooden tree, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, there were nails that went through his feet and through his hands, but there was a promise to uphold. Yes, there was a crown of thorns plated on his head, but there was a promise there was a promise. He was wounded in his side, but there was a promise. He was given vinegar to drink, but there was a promise. He was hung up between two thieves, but there was a promise. And when he was there suffering to breathe, suffering for just another moment, he hung his head and died. But there was a promise. 
Just because he died doesn't mean the promise ended. Just because that body that was earthly, that body that was a flesh died, didn't mean the promise died. Because when he hung his head and he said it is finished. I wonder if he was looking down. The Bible says he hung his head and said, it is finished. I wonder if he was looking at hell and said, it is finished. I wonder if he was looking at Satan and said, it is finished. I wonder if he was looking at the adversary of our souls, the father of all liars. I wonder if he was looking at the demons surrounded the devil. I wonder if he was looking at at the spirits, the held people in torment, the fear that had taken hold of the minds of men and said, it is finished because he went down to the depths of the underworld and took the keys of death and hell took the keys of death and hell then told Peter I give unto you the keys of the kingdom and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it Peter there's a promise that's coming Peter I don't go back on my word Peter there's a promise that one day I'm walking with you now but one day I'm going to live inside of you You see me walking with you now, but one day you won't see me with your eyes, but you'll feel me in your heart. There is coming a day. Even after he died, even after he resurrected, even after he was seen by men in Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And they came together in the upper room and they prayed. But they prayed all day long, but nothing happened. They prayed the second day all day long, but nothing happened. The third day, the fourth day, the fifth, ten days passed by, and still nothing happened. But on that tenth day, see, this is a prolific promise. Prolific promises are so powerful. He wants to know just how much does somebody want this promise. He doesn't just hand out promises. When promises come from God, they carry some depth. When promises come from God, they're not shallow. When promises come from God, they're not just surface deep. Well, when promises come from God, Acts chapter 2 said they were all with one accord and they were all with one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when the men thought they were drunk See, when you get the Holy Ghost, you act different. 
Some people may shout, some people may cry, but all is true. You are not the person you were before. You were not the same creature. You are not the same man. You are not the same woman. You are not the same child. You are not the same human. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, there's a change that is evident in your life. When they said these men are intoxicated out of their mind, Peter got up and said, oh, no. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, say God, he's going to pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And Peter started preaching Jesus. Jesus came and died for our sins. You can't have Pentecost unless you have the Christ. You can't have power unless you have the Savior. You can't have the resurrection until you have the death. Peter said he came and he died. But on the third day, he conquered death, and he overcame the grave. And Peter started preaching with so much power. Peter started preaching with so much persuasion. Peter started preaching. The Acts 2 and 37 says the men said, what must we do? Acts 2.38, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, even when you're discouraged, the promise is for you, even when you feel lonely. The promise is for you. Even when you battle low self-esteem, the promise is for you. Even if you have suicidal thoughts, the promise is for you. Even if you've battled addiction, the promise is for you. Even though you've never been to church, the promise is for you. Even though you may not do right, the promise is for you. The promise is for us. Every person in this room, the promise, this prolific promise of Pentecost is for you. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated just for a moment. I'm going to be just a few more minutes and I'm going to close. But there was a young girl I'd witnessed to about the Lord before. Her name was Heather. And I had done a Bible study with her. And, and this Bible study and uh, we got on the Holy Ghost, and when the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, you're not the person you were before. Uh, you're a new creature. You're a new man. Uh, you won't act like you used to act. You won't talk the way you used to talk. You won't go to places that you used to go to. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, uh, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's when she said, Hi, hang on there. She said, I believe in God, but I don't believe in speaking in tongues. She said, that sounds kind of crazy. I said, well, it's, it's different. It's, it's out of the ordinary. It's not of this world. She said, well, I just don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'll go to church, and I'll read my Bible, and I believe in God. I'll do all those things, but I'm just not sure about this Holy Ghost part. 
I told her, I said, when we were getting ready to finish the Bible study, I said, I'll tell you what, Heather, why don't you do a favor for me? Why don't you pray? You said you're not opposed to praying. When you pray, ask God that if he wants you to have the Holy Ghost, he would let you know. See, that's kind of a secret because if somebody starts praying, God, do you want me to have the Holy Ghost? I already know the answer. I already know what's going to happen. I already know the voice that they're going to hear. God wants all men to be saved. It's not his will that any should perish, but all should come. And so I just kind of left that Bible study open-ended like that. It was a Saturday night. I was preaching a youth rally. And service ended, and I was on my way back home. I know about 10 o'clock or so at night, and got a phone call from Heather. So she called me. We're making small talk, and finally she said, You know what? I've been praying about this Holy Ghost. I don't know if you remember that Bible study that you had with me, but I did what you told me to do, ask God. If he wanted me to have the Holy Ghost, he let me know. And I got, I got to praying, and I think God wants me to have the Holy Ghost. I said, that's it. That's awesome. She said, so what do I need to do? And I said, well, tomorrow's church is Sunday. You're going to come in. God is going to answer your prayer. He's going to meet your need. And she said, now hang on right there. She said, if you told me that the Holy Ghost is better than any drug I've ever taken, if you told me the Holy Ghost is better than any pill you could pop in your mouth, if the Holy Ghost is better than any club and any party and any drink and any entertainment, if the Holy Ghost is the best feeling you can ever have in the world, I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I can't just sit by until church. I got to have the Holy Ghost right now. I said, okay, well, let me call a couple people. I don't want to go to your house by myself, but I'll, I'll come over tonight. We'll pray with you that you'll have the Holy Ghost. So called a couple people, and we went over to Heather's house, and she was downstairs. And we went downstairs, and she brought a friend with her. Her friend's name was Sarah. And so we start talking to Heather, and Heather's wide open. She's ready. And I'm kind of looking over at Sarah, and Sarah is not wide open. She got her arms folded. And I was reading what she was thinking. She was thinking, Joker, you better not touch me. I better not lay your hand on my forehead. Listen up, hometown. I'm not like a friend, Heather. I'm going to sit over here in a chair and leave me by myself. Sometimes, Pastor Waller, you don't even need the gift of discernment. You know what somebody's thinking. So I just told her, I said, well, Sarah, God's not interested in forcing himself on anybody. If you don't want him, don't worry. You're not going to get him. If you've decided I don't want the Holy Ghost, don't you worry. You won't get the Holy Ghost. He's a gentleman. If you don't want him, he's not going to force himself on you. And so she kind of sat over in the chair, and we started praying with Heather. Man, we're worshiping God, and we're asking the Lord for forgiveness. And it was reaching that moment, that moment that comes in prayer. You can just tell when somebody's about to be done praying. So I kind of stopped her right before. I said, Heather, let me just give you a couple tricks that I've learned in prayer. I said, one thing that you can do that will help is raising your hands. There's nothing really magical about raising your hands, but it's a sign of surrenderance. It means, God, here I am. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'm here. 
The second thing that you can do is you could close your eyes. Closing your eyes is nothing mystical about that, but it just gets rid of every distraction. You're not worried about what anybody else may see, how anybody else may act. The third trick that I've learned, you got to raise the volume of your voice. You can think it in your mind and God hears it and that's meditation and God blesses it. But if you want something to be different, the Bible says the devil is the prince and the power over the air. And when you start speaking out loud, when you start lifting the volume of your voice and praying out loud, you take authority over the adversary of our soul. That's all we did. Man, our hands were raised, eyes closed. We're praying. And we're worshiping the Lord. Now, you can tell when somebody gets serious. You can tell when somebody gets desperate. You can tell when somebody's made up their mind. I'm not leaving till I get the Holy Ghost. I'm not walking out the same way I came. And, brother, it started happening. The Spirit of God began to move. And I watched tears begin to stream down her face. Her hands started to shake. I said, that's it, Heather. You'll speak in tongues, but God will fill your heart. And right there in that moment, boom, the Holy Ghost came on her. She started speaking in other tongues. She started weeping and crying. She got the Holy Ghost without a doubt. She started hugging everybody. See, when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll hug everybody. You got no enemies anymore. You get the Holy Ghost, you don't hold on to bitterness and hatred. And if you want to stay full of the Holy Ghost, you got to get rid of any kind of bitterness. You got to get I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You want to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You can't have people that you just kind of look sideways at. You got to love everybody. Got to care for everybody. Man, by now, we, everybody's crying. Everybody's worshiping. And I look over and Sarah's kind of watching. But her hands aren't folded anymore. See, just all it takes, one little key. Sarah's kind of watching, finally kind of calmed down for a moment. She said, well, uh, I'd like to ask you a question. I said, well, sir, what is it? She said, well, I don't know if I should ask it. I said, that's okay. There's no kind of silly question. Just go ahead and ask it. She said, well, I don't know if I should. I said, all right, now you're starting to make me mad. You better ask the question right now. She said, okay. She said, you think God would fill me with the Holy Ghost if I really want it? I said, come on, Sarah, why don't you raise your hands? Why don't you close your eyes? Come on, Sarah, we're going to repent of our sins. And the same Holy Ghost that came on Heather can come on you. Hey, it's a prolific promise. It's a prolific promise that comes to everybody. Man, we started repenting. We started asking God for forgiveness, and it became more than a repetitious prayer. It became more than just religious rhetoric. She started praying, and she meant what she was saying, buddy. She started praying, and it was really coming from her heart. God, I don't want to be the same person I was before. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be battling. I don't want to feel like I'm by myself. And boom, the same thing that happened to Heather happened to Sarah. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She started speaking in other tongues. She was full of the baptism. By now, we've left prayer meeting. We went under praise service. 
We were shouting, we were praising, we were stomping, we were crying, we were weeping, we were dancing. It was getting wild. About that time, Heather's grandma started coming down the stairs. And I knew she meant business because she put her hand on her hip. The more I live down south, the more I understand. When somebody gets about halfway down, they put their hand on their hip like this, and they do the... You better watch out, honey. She said, I know what's going on here. Oh, God, help me. I spoke up before Heather could. I said, Grandma, I'll, stay. I'll say if we've done anything wrong, I'll apologize. If we were too loud, I'm sorry. If we, we've done anything that's uncomfortable for you, I'll take full responsibility. She's standing there on the stairs. She points at me. Felt like it was just a time to stop for a moment. You ever have those moments? Time just stops. She pointed her finger at me. She said, you better not lie. I thought, oh, God, what's going to happen in the downstairs of this house? I'm going to get beat up by Grandma before I get out of here. She said, you better not lie. I said, what is it, Grandma? She said, tell me the truth. I said, okay. She said, you think God would give me the Holy Ghost? If I, I said, come on, Grandma. Why don't you raise your hands? Why don't you cook? It's a prolific promise. All you got to do is want it. All you got to do is long for it. All you got to do is say, you know what? I might as well get the Holy Ghost. Come on, music's coming right now. Why don't you stand to your feet? Somebody ought to throw your hands in the air. Come on, there's some Heathers in the house. Come on, there's some Sayers in the house. Come on, there's some Grandmas in the house. God can fill your heart. God can satisfy your soul. God can have your own personal Pentecost. I tell you, Yamaha, today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every lie the enemy has tried to whisper. I take authority over every generational curse. I take authority over doubt. I take authority over false doctrine. I'm praying right now there would be a loosing of the Holy Ghost. There would be a loosing of Pentecost today. God, right now, upon the authority of the power of the Word of God and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, why don't you join me at the altar for a moment? You want the Holy Ghost, why don't you come? You want to be full of the Holy Ghost, why don't you come? You want to experience this promise? You want to have this prolific promise? Grab somebody by the hand, say, come on, we're going down to the altar together. Come on, grab somebody. Tell them we're going down and we're going to pray. God's going to do it. God's going to answer prayers. God's going to change lives. God's going to alter destinies. Come on, all over the house. That's it, ma'am. That's it, sir. Hands raised. Hallelujah, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Just raise your hands. Just close your eyes. Just worship the Lord today.
Come on, somebody else, this is your moment. Come on, this is your chance. This is your time for Pentecost. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of the Lord, come on, prayer warriors. Come on, intercessors. Come on, worshipers. Come on, praisers. Hallelujah, this is it. This is it. This is it.
Hallelujah. Well, I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is still moving. If you can find somebody beside you to grab a hold of right quick to pray for, stretch your hands this way. The Bible says that one of the signs that would follow them that believe is that they would speak with new tongues. The Holy Ghost is for you. That promise is real. It's for you today. It still happens. There's a little girl right here wanting the Holy Ghost, and she's praying. Stretch your hands this way. If you got nobody else to pray for, pray for this young lady. Stretch your hands out and let's pray. Pray for your children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to speak a word of faith for somebody. Encourage them right now. In the name of Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost talk in this house. Hallelujah.
while they bring the music down. I don't want it to go quiet, but I don't want to bring it down. I tell you, there's power when we lift our voice because we know the Lord hears our voice. I want everyone, if you've got the Holy Ghost, if you'll lift your hands in this place and just let the Lord hear you speak for a moment. Keep praying for these that want to receive the Holy Ghost, those that are needing healings in their body, whatever it is. But lift up your voice. Let that anointing begin to speak. (laughs) Come on. The Holy Ghost will help your infirmity. Hallelujah. Come on, keep your voice going for just a moment. Let's don't get quiet. Just let the Holy Ghost talk. Let's have that Holy Ghost prayer meeting for just a moment. Let the Spirit of the Lord keep moving. bless you Jesus we thank you Jesus 
Hallelujah. Promises. What a tremendous message and a reminder. And it is impossible for God to lie. That means his word don't lie. We used to sing the old song, every promise in the book is mine. He is the healer of all of our diseases. If you need a touch in your body, he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. He's a forgiver of sins. Let me tell you, he's everything you need. And the promises of the scripture says in him, they're yea and amen. Hallelujah. You can count on his word. I know some of y'all have prayed today and been prayed for today. Well, then just get ready because your answer's coming. If it didn't come right that moment, it's coming. There's healing and blessing, deliverance and favor, restoration. All kind of things are coming back your way. Because God cannot lie. These young people, these little kids that want the Holy Ghost so bad, going to get it, going to receive it, going to have it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God's doing a work. I appreciate the word, Brother Doug. I appreciate that. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God today? We're rejoicing with all these that have been blessed. We thank you again for all of our visitors that have come and stepped out and prayed and been here. We're praying God continue to bless you and take care of you. Let me tell you, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Do you know that? He wants you to have the desires of your heart. And so serve the Lord with gladness. Be faithful. Pray and trust him and watch it come to pass. It'll happen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise in this house. Lord, we love you and praise you, honor you in this house today. The great God, the King of kings, we worship you today, O oh Lord. God, we bless your holy name. The Lord bless you and keep you. I don't know if it started storming out there again. If whatever it's doing, you be careful on the roads. God, watch over and protect all these people that are driving today in Jesus' name. Bless the Smiths as they head back to Florida today and keep them safe in your hand. And Lord, we're just going to praise you. Look forward to our next time together. And hey, if you can be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for prayer, we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. God bless you. You can be dismissed today in Jesus' name.